Welcome, welcome, people. It is I, Pastor Michael, love guru. I am your spiritual guide to help you navigate through this crazy thing called love. Why? So that you don't become a casualty of weaponized love. So are you ready to peep game, people? Let's get into it. Now, you're just tuning in for all of you guys who don't know who I am. Well, I told you who I am, but more importantly, why I do this. I got a call on my life from God to help relationships, to help to, I don't want to say represent or represent because uh, that's some, that's uh, my boy or someone do I admire, Pastor Michael Todd. Um, he kind of uses that as his his thing to represent love. But I want to show love in the way that God intended, right? And when I say love, I'm talking about, now there are nine words for love or that represent different types of love, right? And the love that I'm referring to is eros. Eros, the Greek use the word eros because apparently the Greeks are very good at um, classifying love. So when I say love, I'm talking eros, eros, which is physical love, intimate love, the love between a husband and a wife. And I always say it is not my opinion. It is how God designed it. So if you're on this channel, if you watch in this particular episode, understand that the love that I'm going to be talking to you about is how it was designed, how it was created from the beginning, because I believe that God created love. I believe that God created the rules around love. This is not my opinion. And to be honest, I didn't even want to do this as a career. I'm a writer, director, producer. My dream was to work in Hollywood. My dream was to work in animation and creating uh, superhero films and uh, superhero movies, right? That's been my dream for over 17, 18 years. Um, I didn't want to get married, right? I was married before and didn't work out so good, right? Got a divorce before the 10th year of my marriage. My wife filed for divorce. My wife at the time filed for divorce. And I'll be honest, I had no clue on what love was, which is something I'm learning and finding out that many people don't. Many people just know the fundamentals of girl meets boy, boy meets girl. And we know how to have sex. We know how to do what's called domesticated duties, but we really don't know love in the way that it was intended. And you can see by our culture, you can see by divorce being so high. Um, I believe that either we are a product of what I call weaponized love, or we are in a relationship that has been weaponized. And so when I say weaponized, what am I saying? What do I mean? What I'm saying is God is love. God created us to be love beings. Um, and I call us love beings. We are love beings. We are love beings 
We are spiritual beings made of the essence of love, experiencing love and showing love through our physical body. And Satan has weaponized that love and now it's designed to steal, kill and destroy. So he took something that was natural to us and has weaponized it against us. But in fact, the Bible says that the greatest commandment is love God with your whole mind, body, soul, everything, spirit, everything about you. And then he says the second one is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I want to be clear when he says love your neighbor as you love yourself, it does not mean love your neighbor like you love yourself, right? And I believe that's a big issue that we have when we come to relationships is we tend to try to love people the way we want to be loved. And we get mad because they don't love us back. They don't love us in the way that we show our love. And that's a huge misconception and um, an expectation that causes a lot of issues when it comes to eros, when it comes to romantic love. And we break that down a lot. So I believe that there are five laws or sets of laws that govern love. There's a law of spirituality, which is the highest form of law, which means there is a spiritual principle behind love. Then there's the psychological elements of love, right? And when we say psychological, the root word psyche is the Greek word for soul. Soul, which is mind, will, and emotions. Your mind, how you think, your will, how you choose, and your emotions, how you act. So we want to explore the, psycho the psychology around love. The third rule is what I call the phys physiology of love, which is the hormones and the things that govern our physical body, what happens when we love which means the Bible says you can't take fire within your bosom and not get burned. What that means is you can't do loving things with your body and try to avoid the consequences that happens. We live in a culture where a lot of people try to separate their body or their emotions from sex, from hanging out with somebody. We call it friends with benefits. We, we, we sleep around, we have these one night stands and we don't really know the physiology around how it affects us. Then there's third, fourth, like a lot I like to call the cultural influence of love. The cultural influence of love is how the world and how culture shapes our ideas around relationships. What we don't understand and what we don't realize is that we are influential, influential by nature. We are designed to follow. We are designed to follow, but we are designed to follow God. But because of sin and because of the fall of man, we follow influencers. We follow leaders. I use that in quotation marks. Leaders. We follow Hollywood. We follow um, whatever the, the, the hottest trend is when it, come, when it comes to 
what we should love, how we should love, who we should like, what's attractive, what's not attractive. And all of those things affect how we love. And so it's important to understand those four sets of principles when it comes to love. And I've spent a large part of my life reading, studying, and understanding that under the God of the Holy Spirit. And I say this as a warning, I am not a perfect lover. I am not a perfect man. As a matter of fact, the more that I learn about love, the more God challenges me to be a better lover to my wife. As a matter of fact, I shared something in one of my teachings called the Adam mindset. And what the Adam mindset is, is man has a problem with learning how to properly integrate his wife in his life. Man, men have a huge problem on how to properly integrate his woman, his wife into his life. Since the beginning of Adam, God gave Adam and Eve a mandate that they were supposed to do together. And we, when we, when we come back, we find Adam doing his thing and we find Eve doing her thing. And that's when Satan came in. And that's because man, since the beginning and throughout the Bible and throughout history and throughout our culture, most men really don't know what to do when it comes to his woman, when it comes to his wife. He knows how to have sex. Well, he knows about sex. He knows how to take slot A and put it into slot B. Now, whether he's really good at it, that's a whole nother training that I'm teaching on men on why most women, most women are sexually unsatisfied and sexually unfulfilled when it comes to their marital bedroom. And, um, and we'll cover that at some point. But he understands the concept of how to have sex, right? He, un he understands the concept of a man goes to work or a woman cooks and cleans and has babies, right? Even though it is um, uh, barbaric in its particular nature, that, and that women, is, women, they're more than just servants and sex and baby-making machines. And men, they are more than just people that are supposed to work 60, 80 hours a week and come home and sit on the couch with a beer and watch games, right? More than that. And I'm going through teaching us womanhood and manhood as it pertains to the Bible. So I say all that for those to understand that my assignment is from God because God cares about your relationships. He cares about our relationships because relationships and family was the very first government that God put into existence to rule and extend his reach across the world. Now, let me say this. If you are single, singleness is the highest form that you are supposed to shoot for. Singleness is not the same as being lonely. It is not the same as being um, uh, all by yourself, right? There is community involved with life, right? God is for community. But marriage is not an office that everybody needs to be in in order to fulfill their purpose in their life. But it is a special offering 
of your life when you get married. When God assigns a mate or a spouse to your life for the purpose of his glory, for the purpose of his kingdom. Marriage is, is very dear to God's heart. As a matter of fact, when you read the Bible, when you look at the Bible, marriage is used on how he um, explains his relationship with his people. Family is one way that he refers to how he deals with his people, but marriage is also another level. So if you're not married in the physical sense with a, a person, you are technically married or in a marital-like relationship with Christ, with Jesus. You are. So even single people, technically, you're married. Again, marriage is very important and very specific when it comes to God and his relationship with us. And hence the reason why there's a call on my life to talk about marriage. So I want to get into a couple of things today. Uh, I want to talk about some things in culture um, that I've seen, that I've been seeing. I also want to talk about a particular film that I saw um, a couple of days ago. I want to break that thing down now. Spoiler, spoiler alert. If you have not seen this movie, it is called um, A Wrinkle in a Time Stack. It is called A Wrinkle in a Time Stack. Let me make sure I'm saying that right because I don't want to send nobody out. Let me see. A Wrinkle in a Time Stack. Let me see if that's the right Actually, it's called Needle in a Time Stack. My bad, people. Needle in a Time Stack. I'm going to talk about that movie. So if you haven't seen that movie, I think it's a pretty dope movie. A friend of mine, uh, Kim Nora, shouts out to my boy Kim Nora, recommended that movie a while ago, last year sometime. And I decided that I want to start kind of looking at some dope movies um, as it pertains to relationships um, and kind of break it down from my perspective and see if we can pull out some spiritual principles out of it. So if you know of a dope movie that I think that you think I should break down, please send me a message. I'll somehow find it. I'm on several platforms. So I'm sure eventually I'll get to a movie you recommended and I'll tag you in it once I see it and break it down. Okay, now for all those on my social media live platform, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you share, like, hit a comment, and after I get done with my uh, particular uh, perspective, I will have some time to bring you on, and I can answer some of your questions about love, about your relationship, about the Bible as it pertains to relationship. Well, I'll do my best because I said I'm not perfect, um, and um, we'll, we'll go from there. Then taking from one of my mentors, or I'm sorry, men yeah, mentors, on podcasting, my boy uh, Tim Ross, who I haven't physically met, but I feel like he is a brother and a part of my community. And check out his podcast if you ever um, hear this. Uh, the Basement. It's called The Basement with Tim Ross. Uh, amazing man of God. I love how he teaches. I love how he breaks down the word. Uh, and he's somebody I listen to because I really like his style when it comes to podcasting and video podcasting. Um, and he he has an open forum when it comes to his 
his show. And that's kind of how I do it because I honestly, sometimes I come on and I, I know what I'm going to talk about. And sometimes I, I just want to talk about it. Um, so if you guys got any questions um, in my chat, send me a question and I can talk about it as it pertains to love and relationships. Uh, I just want to vibe out with you guys as I break down some things about, about culture. But again, guys, um, ask me a question um, and I'll break some things down um, live and we can talk about love. And um, if you guys want to go live with me, I'll be more than happy to go live and answer some of your questions, okay? Which I think is pretty dope. Anybody want to come on uh, live with me? Just hit the button and request that you come on live and we'll talk about relationships. We'll talk about love. We'll talk about it in the manner of if you have a question or an issue that you're trying to work through in your own relationship, in your own singleness, I'll help walk you through some of those things, right? If you don't know, I've been married. I've been divorced. I've been engaged. I've broken out from engagement. And I've been married again, and I almost messed that up. I pushed my wife. I pushed my wife away toward um, four years into our marriage, and she filed for divorce, rightly so, because I was toxic and unhealthy and didn't know how to handle it and deal with it. But thank you to COVID, um, we got brought back. Shouts out to everybody who celebrated Valentine's Day. Um, I know some people don't like for me to mention holidays because it sort of dates my material uh, because we don't know when you're going to ever see this. So it can be seen dated, but I don't care because it's my show. So if you're seeing this and I don't know what year, what month, this is right now 2023. And I could tell you that me and my wife had a pretty dope Valentine's Day. Um, we finally got a babysitter. Shouts out to Renee who babysit uh, Cameron for us, gave us a couple of hours and we needed it because we haven't had a, a date night in a long time. And, and if you listen to this, you need a date night, right? Some of you listening right now need a date night. And I'm going to tell you guys something, and especially those men that are dealing with the Adam mindset. Dating is, is a necessity. It is spending time, intimate time along with your life, with your wife, and connecting with her. It is, I used to didn't see it as a big deal or need because that's not necessarily my love language, right? So I didn't really um, respect dating my wife and going out and spending time with my wife. I'm a businessman. My biggest flex, well, I used to think my biggest flex was creating multi-million dollar businesses, right? Creating a lavish lifestyle, like living this particular life and I thought that that was the biggest flex that I can give my wife. But I've come to realizing that for her, that means absolutely nothing if she does not have a connection with me, if she does not have intimacy and romance and love. Because in, actually, in actuality, fellas, if you don't know, that's called making love. Making love is not just a physical sexual act. Making love is making moments of love with your spouse throughout the day that can potentially lead to the actual act of sex. But making love 
that's making emotional connections with your wife throughout the day. And that's what making love is. That's why a lot of women are unfulfilled sexually with their husbands because men know how to have sex, but they really don't know how to make love. And men, most men, they respond to physical sex thinking that that will produce making love, which is not right, not correct. Making love for a woman is the thing for her that leads to physical sex. And that's why there's a big disconnect, right? So making love to my wife, taking her out to her favorite restaurant that she chose. Um, and as one of her gifts, um, you could check it out on YouTube if you, you know, search it. Um, shout out to Song Finch. It's a website and they not paying me. There's, there's no sponsorship for this, but it was something that I seen on social media where couples, somebody would get a song made uh, for their wife or their husband about their life story and you kind of like play it and you surprise them with it they don't know exactly what it is and you record the reaction and we did that and my wife loved it it was very powerful her told our story so that's a really dope gift that I gave to her for Valentine's Day remember um, I was making love to her all that day and when I tell you it led to some of the best sex and we have great sex as it is between me and my wife. And you know, if you listen to this and that makes you cringe, I'm gonna tell you something. As a Christian, as a believer of God, a follower of God, we are supposed to have the best or most fulfilling sex with our spouse than the world. We, we shouldn't be ashamed of it. And I don't necessarily want to share all the antics of my bedroom, but I am promoting amazing sex with my wife i mean that girl is first of all my wife is banging she's gorgeous but my god satisfaction guaranteed and god has blessed me with a skill level a spiritual level to be able to uh satisfy my wife in amazing fashion using the power of the holy spirit because god is into making sure Sex is worship when it comes to marriage and relationship. But making love throughout that day is what led to an amazing experience that night. And I want to teach you, if you are not dating your spouse or not dating your wife, you definitely want to get into date nights, right? Finding a babysitter, spending that money. Because I want you to think something, guys. I'm not sure why your boy's sweating, but I am. When you spend money... I don't want you to look at it as spending money to go out, spending money to buy your wife or your husband something. I want you to look at it as an investment into your love, an investment into making love, right? Not a sexual exchange, but it's an investment into memories, and life is more about memories than it actually is the experiences. Because your memory of an experience lasts longer than the actual experience. And if you have more bad memories as it pertains to your marriage and your relationship, then you're going to end up having a bad marriage or a bad 
relationship. So you want to invest in creating great memories as it pertains to your relationship, as it pertains to your marriage. Again, memories last longer than experiences. We're going to eat those memories afterwards. Here I am a week later or days later, and I'm still eating on the memory of that date night with anticipation of having more, okay? So remember that. When you put money into your relationships, it's an investment into memories. All right. So let me get into a couple of things that I want to talk about because there's always something going on as it pertains to love and especially weaponized love. And let me go to... Um, we go to a couple of things here. I think like two days after that, they called me to the office, right? What's going on? Like, I like to go to my uh, I like to go to my my social media. And I'm gonna share some things that I've seen that I want to address. All right. So again, if you guys want to see my screen, those that are on my social media pages, um, please make sure that you check out my YouTube channel. Also check out my um, podcast, I'm on Spotify. It is Love Chat Podcast. All right, guys, make sure you check that out. Love Chat Podcast. All right, I'm gonna pull up something that I've seen that I want you guys to check out. And you guys, again, you'll be able to see this if you are following me. I'm trying not to get myself. I try not to get myself. For all of those who want to see what I'm talking about, I want to talk about this means or this post I saw on social media. If you guys can see that, I want you to check out this. I'm just showing my screen. All right. This is real Rocky Bay. R-E-A-L-R-O-C-K-Y-B-E-E. -E. Real Rocky Bay. So let me pause that. Let me pause it real quick. So for those that want to know what I'm looking at, I saw this post on social media from Real Rocky Bay. It was it came upon my for you page. And it says. It got a video of a, a very attractive lady. She got very deep cleavage, so we know what that's about, right? She's definitely top-heavy. And the statement says, when my ex said he didn't believe in marriage, but six months after we broke up, he was engaged to someone else, LOL. And I think, I'm trying to see what this sound bite is saying, but this is those who are listening who can't see. Hold on. Hold on. I try not to kill myself. I think she's trying to say, I try not to kill myself or kick myself or something. All right. I want to address this meme because I want to talk about some social media things that I've been seeing. You can check that out. As you can see, this video, and I'm going to look at it from face value, right? I'm not saying this is what it is, but God says that we are supposed to judge the spirit of a thing. So when we see something, what the Bible is saying is we're not supposed to take it for face value. 
we're supposed to be able to judge the spirit of something, right? And so judging the spirit of stuff based on what I look like. And if you follow her page, and I actually didn't even click on her page until just now. And it is extremely sexual, extremely sexual. Her, her program is extremely sexual. And I better hurry up and make my point before my wife gets me, right? Now, whether she was in a relationship or not, whatever, a couple of things I want to address. And I believe this is an issue that a lot of women have and a lot of men have, which also plays into the Adam mindset when it comes to um, men, right? And value and the value that we put in women. Here she is trying to say, hey, I was with this guy. He never wanted to marry me. But six months after we got a divorce, you marry someone else. L-O-L. -L. So we know she's not sad. And but if you look at this young lady's page, extremely sad. She's beautiful. There's no denying she's beautiful. She's naked, pretty much naked on most of her posts. Heavily endowed, bodied up, beautiful face. A lot of women have reduced their value to their looks, to their body, to what they can, what they feel like they can provide sexually. And I talk to those who are not believers and to those that are believers who are being influenced to feel like you should have a certain body, have a certain look, um, that that is equivalent to your value. And this post is basically saying, hey, guys, look at what this man chose not to marry. We've been together and in six months, you marry somebody else. Um, but if you look at me, I'm banging, I'm fine. So you're going to walk away from this and marry somebody else? LOL, just your loss. Now, to me, that's what the spirit of that post was saying. But if you look, and this is something that a lot of women don't get, and they sometimes feel like men are insecure to be with a woman that's beautiful and that's quote unquote in, in touch with her sexuality. Let me explain something to you, ladies. Being in touch with your sexuality is not the same as being in touch with your feminine, your femininity. Sex, your sexuality and your femininity are two separate things, two separate energies. And if you look at her, she is putting out her sexuality thinking that that is femininity. A lot of people mistake the two. But if you check the page out, and I warn you, it's it's heavily laced. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't even told guys what it was because I don't want to be responsible for getting you hooked. Those, especially those that are dealing in areas of lust, this page will will hook you because it's full of lust. It's full of seduction, and this young lady is oozing seduction. And the Bible warns us about women like that. As a matter of fact, I want to go to a scripture that I just caught reading something else. He says in Proverbs 6, chapter 25 through 26, 
It says, do not lust in your heart after her beauty or let her captivate you with her eyes. For the prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread and the adulteress preys upon your very life. Matthew 5, 28 also says, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Why? Because Jesus is talking about the spirit of a thing, not the actual act of a thing. So you have a spirit of adultery. So that's why you're going to look. That's why he calls that adultery, even if you don't physically have sex with her, because Jesus judges the spirit of a thing rather than just the physical act of a thing. He also says in Colossians 3, 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immortality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. He called evil desires and greed is adultery. Put to death, therefore, what belongs to your earthly nature. You know, this is a very powerful scripture because earthly nature, you know what that means? There is some things in your flesh that will never go away. It is a part of your natural fleshly body. And he names what they are. I see that. You see that young lady. You see that face. It is natural to be, if you're a heterosexual male and things are working right, it is going to be naturally um it's going to be naturally, it's going to be natural to lust after a woman that looks like that, a woman that has that look, that body, that seduction. So it's a trap. But she is saying, well, why won't you marry me? Why aren't I good enough for you to marry? I look like this. I'm sexy. I'm seductive. I got a body. I told my wife this. And the Holy Spirit has told me this. And I also tell myself this because me living in Miami Beach, I see a lot of women that look like that every day, every day, every day. And the natural fleshy part of me, it is for me, very tempting. That's a weakness of mine. Even though my wife is beautiful, gorgeous, bodied up, sex is amazing. Any man would be a fool to never like, like to leave my wife. A man will be a fool to leave her. Women even compliment my wife, right? But that don't stop this flesh from working. That don't stop this flesh from lurking. That don't stop this flesh from wanting to be jerking. Now I know them bars, but that's the truth. It has to be something that I have to physically and constantly put away. You have to put it away. It means you have to be attention, which means it's not going to go away by itself. That means you got to set yourself up. That's why cultural influence is so dangerous and um, scary as it pertains to relationships or, or, or listening to certain people and being influenced and having certain things on your, your page because it will lead you away if you're not strong in that area. And this particular young lady on this post that I saw, and I don't know her personally, but I'm judging by what she's putting out. I'm judging by her page. I'm judging by this post that she has put value and worth in her looks and in her body and probably in her sex game. And what I'm trying to tell and show a lot of women who are listening to this, that only will get you so far. That will get you so far. 
Now, to some of you, that may be as far as you want to go. But I'm telling you, that will get you so far. And most men, depending on the fact that he didn't marry her and found somebody else to marry six months later, and you may say he may have been cheating. He may have already found somebody. That's why it was only six months. I don't know his story. Could it be that he found somebody and he quickly got married? That is true. That is the truth. You could break up with somebody and get married six months later. But if that happens, then I can tell you that he was not emotionally invested in her in a while. When that happened, I don't know. But I think a lot of women feel to think that because they give men sex and because they look good and because they got a body, that that's enough to keep a real man locked down. That's not enough to keep a real man locked down. And that's not enough that will make a man want to marry somebody. I want you guys to realize and know that that alone will not keep a man. That may make a man erect. That may make a man like to have sex with you. And side note, just because you banging and you beautiful, you're beautiful, don't necessarily mean you're sexually compatible with the person you're sleeping with. There is a formula to sexual compatibility and it's not having a banging body and being beautiful. And it's not even necessarily the willingness to do outlandish and shocking sexual favors and acts for somebody. That does not mean that you are sexually compatible with somebody. Your sex may not be great to somebody and it may be great to somebody else, right? That's a whole nother journey that you have to take with somebody. But I think a lot of people in culture think that just because you look good, you have a banging body, you got a big booty, you got big breasts, you know, you think that your sex game is good. Even if you slept with somebody before in this relationship and to them, they rated you a 10, but your 10 to them could be a six to somebody else. Your rating scale is relative. And so judging by this post and this young lady and this statement that can influence people, and a lot of guys, we stupid. We see that and be like, man, I don't know why homie ain't wife chick up. Shorty that bad. She should be wifed up. Bro, there's a lot of beautiful women out there that are nuts. There are a lot of beautiful, I'm sorry, nuts is probably not a professional term. And I work in mental health as a certified mental health coach. So I apologize for saying nuts. There are a lot of people who are mentally, emotionally unstable just because they are attractive. That don't mean you're mentally stable. That don't mean you have the mental maturity or the emotional maturity to be in a mature, healthy relationship. So you could be beautiful on the outside, but that doesn't mean you're not um, sick on the inside. And ultimately, men, after they have their climax, the thrill is gone. The thrill is gone. And a lot of men don't know how to move a relationship forward past sex, past domestic duties, i.e., the out of mindset. We don't know how to move a relationship 
forward. We don't know how to handle a woman past what she looks like, past what she feels like sexually. That may last, statistically, that lasts two years. Statistically, the newness of a relationship wears off anywhere between three months and two years, and sex now becomes common. The, the novelty of it being new, the novelty of how you look to him wears off. Immediately so. As beautiful and as sexy, as gorgeous as my wife is, I see her all the time. We've been together eight years, married almost seven, but I've known her for over 15, right? But I haven't known her intimately. So I see my wife all the time. Don't mean that I don't appreciate her beauty, but the, the shock value of seeing her naked is not as high as it was when I first saw her naked, right? The shock value of our sex, even though it's great, but it's great because I choose to make love to my wife and not just have sex. It becomes a, a, a thing of service to her than it does a service toward my, my testosterone. And that's something that I'll, I'll teach you. But if you don't understand that, then your sex will seem boring. It will seem average. A lot of men says I'm, it's the same old, same old thing. And we start seeking other people and we start looking at other women and we start to imagine that sex with this person will be a lot better, a lot more exciting because it's the novelty and it's the newness of it. So I wanted to warn you ladies that if you focus just on that, being marriage won't be the top of the priority in your life. And we still don't know where this young lady is emotionally on why he chose not to marry her and chose to marry somebody else who probably maybe don't even look as good, maybe not be as freaky. I know people personally who had women in their lives that were sexually ambitious, did anything sexually they wanted from porn style sex, and he didn't marry her. Didn't marry her, because that's not the qualifications that a man looks for truly when it comes to marriage and his wife. Now, are those great qualifications to have in a wife? Yes, it is. But that's but if you base the whole marriage on just those qualifications, most men, that's not enough for him to get married. Or not enough definitely to keep him married. You could do every trick in the book. But if you're not connected to that man, on a deeper spiritual level. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit that keeps this relationship going, don't care how fine you are. When you think about the book and you think about David, David had some of the baddest women of the land. The Bible says, I mean, he was a king. He had beautiful women. Every model, every year, a whole bunch of them turned 18. He got new models every year and he can upgrade. The Bible even said, the God would have gave him new wives if he wanted to. But he still slept around. He still committed adultery with beautiful women. So beautiful women is not enough to keep a man faithful. Beauty alone is not enough to keep him faithful. Sex alone is not enough to keep him faithful. He has to have the spirit of God in him and the wisdom and the maturity to understand what her value is 
and a clear purpose that he's working toward that will keep him faithful. Those are the three things that a man needs in order to stay faithful. It is a clear purpose, a mature understanding of his woman's worth, and the Holy Spirit. Those three things is what keeps a man faithful to you. Not your sex, not how beautiful you are, not how adventurous you are sexually. You can give him a threesome, foursome, fivesome. You can do everything you want, freaky deaky. Give it to him anytime you want, but that's not going to keep him. You can be as bad as you want. You can get as many BBLs, ABCs, whatever alphabet you want to enhance yourself. You can work out 24, 23 hours a day just to give him that one hour. That's not going to be enough to keep him faithful. And a lot of women don't understand why that's not enough to give to make him say, I do. It's clear purpose. It's a clear purpose of his life. It is a mature understanding of what a woman's value is. And it's the Holy Spirit. Those three elements you're going to need to keep a woman worth. Why do I say those three? Because David had God and he still cheated. I believe it's not he did. He, he didn't understand. And he had a purpose. David had purpose. He was a king. He knew what his purpose was. But the third thing that David was missing was the mature understanding, the supernatural mature understanding of the value of a wife. Because if he had the value of a wife, he would not have had wives and concubines. That's why I believe you need all three of those elements in order to stay faithful to one wife. So young lady, if you watch this video, and I only want to go to a page because she's beautiful and I don't want to put temptation upon myself. Just keeping it real. I don't need to keep watching that. But if you're watching, the reason why you're not married is because something emotional uh, and spiritually uh, inside of you has not connected to your true value of a woman. Because if you did, you wouldn't have a TikTok page full of soft porn. And you wouldn't put yourself out there and put value upon what you look like yeah we can appreciate it and yeah you will uh tempt uh, uh tempt my earthly nature to lust you will tempt my earthly nature to want to have sex with you but you will not lure my kingdom identity you will not uh, draw my kingdom identity. Only thing you are drawing is my earthly nature. The very thing that God says I am supposed to put away as a kingdom man. All right. I wanted to throw that out at you guys because I believe a lot of women need to hear and understand that a lot of men need to understand that if you're basing your relationship on sex and on phys physiology, you're not going to, you're going to get tired. You're going to get bored of the love. You're going to get bored of the relationship and you want to be more tempted to be drawn away to something else that's new. So let me talk about this movie real quick that I want to break down. Cause I like breaking down movies before I get out of here. Again, this is going to be a spoiler alert. The name of the movie is called Needle in a Time Stack. Needle in a Time Stack. Let me read a little bit to you. Nick 
and Janine live in a marital bliss until Janine's ex-husband warps time to try to tear them apart. As Nick's memory disappears, he must decide what his what he's willing to sacrifice in order to hold on to or let go of everything he loves. That's the brief synopsis or the like the little little snippet of what the movie is about. Again, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you may want to pause this, come back to it as I break down a couple of things about it. The heart of this particular film, and as you guys know, as I break down the 10 heartaches that causes heartbreak, I'm going to pull that up for those that are watching. Okay, let me share this. I'm share this on my screen. I'll go over it. The 10 heartbreaks that cause heartache, or it's the 10 heartaches that bring heartbreak. Number one, ungodly outside influences. Number two, no personal identity. Number three, low self-esteem. And speaking of that, when I talked about with that young lady, you, when you have low self-esteem of yourself, you're going to do things to try to create a sense of esteem. And when you're putting your body out there like that, that's showing you have a low self-worth or low self-sense of your value. So you create value by showing your body. That's low self-esteem. Lack of transparency, number four. Five, camouflage. Number six, no accountability. No, number seven, spiritual warfare. Number eight, domestic dominance. Number nine, unfulfilled purpose. And number 10 is division. So as we break down that film, I'm going to put out a couple of those things where I believe there was issues in that relationship. Again, this call shows comes uh, starts off with a couple that is married. And it's set in sort of like a futuristic setting, this film, where you can um, warp, right? That means you can go back in the past, you're supposed to go back in the past to just experience it, visit, and it's supposed to be against the law to make any changes because sort of like the butterfly effect kind of reminds you of the butterfly effect. When you make a change in your past, it creates ripples in your future and people will know that a ripple is coming or they would know that somebody went back and warped because they would see this sort of spiritual wave kind of flood this particular city and it will hit them and it only happens in seconds but when the warp comes back they'll have nosebleeds most times people will have a nosebleed and what it looks like it'll it'll be a nosebleed for the people who time has been changed for it wouldn't make everybody's nose bleed but it would affect the people who something changed for them in their life. And the part of the issue is they start to lose memories of people. That's how they kind of know something happened. And remember, like I said in the beginning of this, uh, of my perspective, uh, is memories last more than the actual experience. And when you wipe away your memory, then that's wiping away the experience. That's why I believe dementia and Alzheimer's is such a horrible disease because it wipes away your experiences in life. 
your consciousness and who you are is wrapped in your memories. So this particular couple was married and the guy who was married to the, to the woman, she was divorced. She divorced the guy who was rich and his relationship from the story standpoint, he didn't break them up. He met her after the divorce, after they was divorced. And so now the rich guy realizes what he's lost. And now he is using money or using his influence to go back to try to break them up so he can have the relationship. And you have to pay attention because the guy was starting to say, man, something don't feel right. Remember, they're losing memories, but something inside of him was saying something ain't right. I know something is different with this relationship. The wife really wasn't connecting with it, but the man was because it was something inside him. So what they started doing, the wife kept feeling like the man was paranoid. Like he was, she was saying, hey, my ex is not going to do anything. You should just drop it. Stop making nothing out of something. But he was like, I'm telling you something's not right. And he was right because it was being changed. She wasn't remembering, but it was something, the love was so strong for this woman he had that he knew something was out of sort. He was spiritually connected with this woman in a way where even though time was changing, even though things were being erased, there was a connection that he had with this woman that he knew something was wrong. It was horrible. I mean, the man took away their children. They had children in, in, in one of their timelines and somehow that got taken away. He loved dogs. And then on another, when a warp happened, they had a cat. And he was like, I don't know. I don't think I had a cat because I don't really like cats. And the wife was like, no, we've always had a cat. What are you talking about? Like, But it turns out the wife was still connecting or talking to the ex-husband. Not because she loved the ex-husband, but because she was trying to keep the peace. And she made a statement in the movie. She says she was married to this guy eight years. Although she don't love him, she cares for him. I want to talk a little bit briefly about closing doors when it comes to old relationships. Closing doors. And I'm not going to be, like I said, I don't want to get too long into this pod, but this film to me is about closing doors and sacrifice. They did not have an issue that was real prevalent to their marriage. It was a good marriage. However, the wife was dismissive. She was dismissive to her husband's needs and his concerns. And there was a lack of transparency in their marriage because she went to go see the ex-husband. She even got a gift from the ex-husband. And she never told the husband that she was talking to the guy, that she was interacting, and that his concerns were valid. She made him think that he was losing his mind, that he was making a big deal or something. Ladies, if your husband is telling you something's going on with your ex, there, I know we used to a woman having intuition, but men also have intuition. Men also know, hey, something going on. And you need to be mindful of the warning 
that your husband is telling you. There are some women out there who think that their husband is overreacting, but it is real easy for women to say, hey, don't talk to such and such. And we are supposed to listen to that. But when a man tells you don't talk to such and such, you tell him he's overreacting. You want to know why? Because in theory, women are the gatekeepers of sex. In theory. Women are gatekeepers of sex. They choose more so who they sleep with. A handsome man can go into a bar and not get lucky. And a mildly attractive woman or even an unattractive woman can go to a bar and walk out with some sex. Why? Because she's a gatekeeper. Women are gatekeepers of sex. So you women feel that because you are the gatekeepers of sex, you are in control of whether you sleep with a man or not. You feel as though men cannot woo you or sway you into having sex. So when a man is trying to tell you, don't talk to old boy, you feel that he is making a big thing, a big deal out of nothing, because you feel as though if you ain't attracted to the guy, he has nothing to ever worry about because you are the gatekeeper. So you negate when your husband is trying to tell you or warn you about old boy. But what you don't realize is that men can break down your walls emotionally. He can break down your walls emotionally. You are also subject to being manipulated by a handsome guy or a guy, period, because you fall in love emotionally before you fall in love sexually. And men knew that. Men know that. Also, men are, are, competitive, are competitive by nature. It is the, the side effect of testosterone. We are competitive as a natural male. So when you have a relationship with your ex or with another guy, it's instantly become competition. Because now he looks at if this guy has a bigger six-pack, a better six-pack, uh, he's bringing you, you know, we have this thing called work wife, work husband, you know, he's giving you flowers. He's taking you to lunch. You got this emotional connection to you and you just giggling and cackling and you think that there's no issue and that your husband or your man is safe because you are the gatekeeper of those panties. Don't fall for the trick. Don't fall for the weaponized love because what's going to happen is you're going to start telling him things that your husband ain't doing, and he gonna start doing them. My wife said, lady, stop giving men the recipe to your heart. Stop giving men the recipe to your heart. Whether you are married, dating, or dating someone, when you talk to a guy and you start telling him everything the other men are not doing, he is listening, he is taking notes, and you have just gave him the recipe to your cookies. And he gonna bake them cookies. You're going to eat them cookies and you're going to give him your cookies because you just put this man on standby. Unawarely, you put him on standby. You may be the gatekeeper to your draws, but you put that brother on standby. Trust you me, because if anything ever goes wrong long enough, the first person you're going to cry to is him. You want to know why? Because men, take it takes time and he is willing to wait on the opportunity to get your cookies.
It may not be as quick as it would a man because men know that women are technically naturally the gatekeeper of those roles. That's why men cheat more than women. You may not want to believe me, but it's true. You naturally want what you can't have. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Tell me you're not hungriest when you don't have the money. You naturally want what you don't have access to. And women always have access to penis, but men don't always have access to vagina. Even as a married man, that's why when a woman, when a husband tells a wife or rejects her or denies sex, it is more devastating to her because naturally she is the gatekeeper of the draws. She denies. More women deny men sex than men deny women sex in general. So you feel like you confident because you're the gatekeeper and he don't got nothing to worry about. Ladies, I'm going to tell you, he does. He does because he knows it's a slow boil. Women are like crockpots. Men are like microwaves. The longer he stay around you, the longer you're going to warm up to his embraces. And all it's going to take is one bad situation and you're going to call homeboy. And so in this film, we kind of talk, we kind of see what happens when you think you are in control of your ex because you don't quote unquote love him. And yet in this film, it does turn out that this man is getting all the evidence he needs. As a matter of fact, the gift that he gives is a recording device and he's listening to whatever's going on in the house. So he know how to be, he know the recipe. And she ain't never tell her husband. And she made her husband think he was crazy or that he was making a, a, a big deal out of it. She was even getting pissed and upset with this man. And he knew something inside of him. He knew something wasn't right. Well, eventually it happened. It was another time warp. And when he came out of it, his wife was gone. And the wife lost pretty much most of the memories. It was a split second that she remembered him and then she forgot and guess what happened he forgot he tried to hold on as long as he could he forgot so when he came out of this warp he was with his ex-girlfriend because he had an ex-girlfriend before he met his wife that he knew that it was it was never meant to be and the ex-husband was somebody that it was kind of crazy story but it was like they all kind of knew each other in a weird way, but they wasn't dating each other at the same times. And you have to see the movie, but they all kind of knew each other. So what the husband did, the ex-husband did, he set it up when he warped it, that the guy never broke up with his first girlfriend. So when he came out of the warp, he was with this new girl. And as soon as he did it, he just wasn't connecting with her because he knew Something was different. He couldn't remember it all, but he just knew it wasn't a connection there. But you hang out long enough and all of a sudden he started connecting, connecting with this woman. And eventually he tried to build a relationship with her. But even in the trying to build a relationship with this woman, he still knew that something wasn't right. And you know what? The, the, the new wife also knew something wasn't right because they knew they wasn't supposed to be together, but they went through with it 
because of how this movie went, this guy went and he changed the timeline. And this is what's crazy. And I'm going to wrap this up um, because I don't want to be too long with you guys today. But the crazy part about this movie was the, the wife, the original wife and husband, even though they lost each other because of the time warp, when they were both with their husbands and they're both with their wives of this new timeline, they all knew that something wasn't right. Everybody was forcing a relationship because the ex-husband only wanted the other, only wanted her back because he saw how happy she was with the new husband. And he, it was more about pride than it really was about love. He couldn't stand to be rich and have lost something. So he made something happen in the relationship out of pride, not because of love. They ended up getting together with these new time people and nobody felt like they should have been. Kim Noah, my friend, told me this, and this is a powerful statement. If you don't hear me about anything, here it is. When you are married to somebody who you are not supposed to be with, there are four people out of place, you and them and the other two people that you're supposed to be with. Four people out of place, you and them and the other two people that you're that and the other two people that you're supposed to be with. They're out of place. It is imperative that if you're in a relationship that you know you're not supposed to be in, that is not God ordained, you you are holding up precious time, precious moments, wasting time with people that you shouldn't be with and you are keeping you yourself from the love of your life. That's why it's imperative for you to know your purpose before you start getting into your passion. Because you'll burn up most of your life with the wrong person. And then you'll have the wrong children with the wrong people. Yeah. Have you ever felt that way? Have you felt, felt like you've had, you're with the wrong person and you've had the wrong children with the wrong people? They knew that. They felt it. But nobody wanted to say anything. Everybody knew that they was not with the right person, but nobody wanted to say anything because everybody wanted to save face. I believe there is a moment in your life when you truly know you're with the right person. And I also believe there's a moment in your life when you realize you're not with the right person, but you don't know how to get out of the relationship. And you wish that there was a time warp that you can go back and make things right. Well, Unfortunately, people, there is no time warp. So you're going to have to make a hard decision. And you're going to have to get out of that relationship. Set them free. Set yourself free. And pray to God that the other people you're supposed to be with, God brings you to them. You hear that? God brings you to them. So I want you guys to know that going forward, when you begin to build and grow your own relationships, you begin to grow your own life to understand that the purpose of you finding the people you're supposed to be with is imperative. It is something that you uh, definitely want to shoot toward and grow toward because poor people are out of place. You, them, and the people that you're supposed to be with. What are you going to do today? What are you going to do today? 
Are you going to continue to stay in this falsehood of a relationship out of fear or out of obligation? Because it's not out of love. You can't force real love. You can't force it. And the more to the end of that movie is, another time warp happened. The guy ended up, because it was expensive, it was expensive to go back in time. So the, the, the husband who knew something was wrong, the husband who woke up married to his ex, somehow mustered up enough money. And he remembered, he was forgetting who this woman was. He didn't know who she's supposed to be. He just knew it wasn't the one he was with. He just knew his memory was wiped. He he had like, it was a part of the movie where he went to this memory storage bank center where they were supposed to keep your memory so that if there ever was a time warp, you can go back and retrieve those memories. But he, he did that. But somehow, just like life, that particular company somehow lost all his memories. They didn't say this, but I believe that the rich man, because he was hearing stuff, went to that particular company and bought it out or did something and had that those memories lost. So he had like a really small snippet it wasn't enough to make out who it was. It was just enough to make out that something was different. So he just knew that he wasn't supposed to be with this woman. He mustered up enough money, went and went back in time and broke up with old girl so that he wouldn't marry her in the future. But he did not see who he was supposed to be with. So when the time warp ended and he came back to the present, he wasn't married anymore. He was single. He was single. He was successful, but he wasn't married to anybody. So he had righted that wrong, was, wasn't married to anybody, and he still had this sense of loneliness. He still had this sense that he was supposed to be with somebody. So now he's now he and the, the husband, the rich husband who did everything, in this new timeline, they were friends again. They were friends. And guess what? They were married. He, The guy in the new timeline was married to his ex-girlfriend, the one that he was in the new timeline with and he knew he wasn't supposed to be with, the girl that he broke up with, that in the new timeline he married. When he fixed the timeline, the, 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 the ex-rich husband and his ex-girlfriend were married and pregnant and they had the greatest relationship because all alone, all alone, they, those were the two people who should have been together. And so he was at a party, kicking it, having a good time. And of course, he still wasn't feeling connected. And as he was finna leave, he ended up seeing his very first wife, the one that he always loved, the one he was always with. And he looked at her and they connected and it kind of went off that way. Like We don't know how the story went, but you could see that there was a true love that they had for each other. So I get the moral of that love story was, one, keeping doors open with exes. Two, there is really a such thing as being with somebody who you were meant to be with. And actually, Holy Spirit just really brought that back because the, the very first thing that I saw talking about was the young lady who thought because she was beautiful and sexy, 
old boy should have married her and he ended up meeting somebody six months later and married her probably because that was who he was supposed to be with. And just because she was beautiful and fine does not mean he was supposed to be with that girl. And she had a problem with it. And the only reason why she flexing this is a problem because she feels that she's too fine and she's too sexy and she's too beautiful. She shouldn't be single, but that wasn't enough to keep him. The same with this movie. He thought because he was rich and powerful that his ex-wife should have been with him. But he messed up the marriage out of eight years. He messed it up. And it was probably because they were never supposed to be together in the first place. So I really believe that there is somebody out there that you are supposed to be with. You know how I know that? Because I witnessed that myself. I was married to someone that I chose. And like I tell people, there's three types of marriages. God's will, your will, and slow kill. And I know what all those feel like. And I believe that there's a God will relationship for you and that you feel it when you're not in it. And the only reason you stay in it is mostly either because of pride, ego, or fear. Pride, ego, or fear keeps you in relationships that are not God's will for your life. And that's what this movie is about. It was just a really dope, cool way of using time travel to go back and try to right a wrong or fix a situation. But it was a dope film. It was a dope movie. I, on a scale of one to five of Cupid, I give it a three and a half Cupid. I give it a three and a half Cupid, uh, Cupid, me, uh, Cupid meter. That's what we're going to call it. It was a three and a half out of five um, for me, which is a really good. It's really good for you to see it. Three and a half out of five on the Cupid meter of love for a great movie to watch. Again, it is called Needle in a Time Stack. Check that movie out. Tell me what you think. And also send me a plug on another movie I should watch so I can break down. Uh, again, this is your boy, Pastor Michael Love, guru, your spiritual guide to help you navigate through this crazy thing called love. Why? So you don't become a casualty of weaponized love. Um, support your boy. Share this podcast. Share this message. Share it with somebody. Follow your boy. Um, buy merch, support the call, support the movement. I'm I'm working on a new film that we've been we've been pinning in the background. Uh, my goal is to do this for you guys full time to bring you great podcasts, great great interviews, uh, to bring you e exposing the devil, helping married people, uh, the believers, kingdom people, but people period have better love in their life, better relationships in their life. Um, I love you with the love of Christ, and I will see you guys on the flip side. Peace.